We celebrate the feast of the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and the place that they have in God's kingdom is a very particular place. And so we call them the archangels as opposed to the angels. And they uh, play different parts or different important parts in the story of salvation history. But we uh, ask for their intercession and their power today uh, for our own lives, as we know that we need power and protection and guidance and grace. And they are partly instruments of that. We uh, know, or you may know, the story of uh, the angels and that Lucifer is actually, uh, uh, Lucifer isn't meant to be a bad name. Actually, a part of the liturgy is the Lucifer, right? Uh, that would seem a little weird to have as part of Mass. You have the servers and the lector and you have the, the porter and you got the ushers and you got the Lucifers, right? Uh, well, Lucifer just means the light bearer, right? So you have those that carry the candles, those that are the light bearers. And the uh, Lucifer is the high, was considered the highest of the angels. He was so close to God that he was radiant with light, right? And so the, the light bearer, um, he had a great place in the kingdom of God. He, he still actually has a great place in the creation of God. But he has a problem, uh, and it's all sort of theological speculation. We can't be for sure, but it's often said that he uh, foresaw that God would become man. And in this one moment of humility, humanity would end up being higher than the angels. Right? In the order of creation, the angels are the closest to God. They're at the top because there's pure spirit. Right? And then you have human beings being this spirit body uh, composite, the human person, body and soul. And then you have um, merely material things that have souls of different uh, dynamics. Uh, uh, plants and animals have a living, have a, like a, a life principle about them. So you can say they have a soul. They don't have an eternal soul, an intellect like the human does. And so they're lower than the human beings. And then you have rocks, inanimate objects. So at the bottom, you got all material, no spiritual. At the top, you have all spiritual, no material. And the angels are like, got made. And Lucifer foresaw that God would become one of us. And in that movement then the divine taking on human nature would elevate human nature in such a way, right? And so out of pride, it is believed that the angels fell, that Lucifer fell in this way because he couldn't submit to the fact that God would humble himself like this. He couldn't believe that this was the path. But it was. And so he fell and took so many of the angels with him. And so they are still created as God intended, but they have fallen in a way in which they are no longer within that embrace, that beautiful embrace of God's love, able to receive his mercy. And uh, in this, I'm struck because the Office from Readings picks a chapter out of uh, the book of Revelation. And at it, it speaks about uh, the dragon's... um, uh, going after Mary, the, the, the woman, 
whom we know as Mary. And it says he was enraged at her escape. She got away from him. The dragon went off to make war on the west rest of her offspring. Okay, so who are her offspring? Got an idea? Okay. So now it tells us who her offspring are. See how that works? Little educated moment. Got to think about it. And then I'll feed you the answer. Nothing sillier than the answer to a question that's not asked. So I got to help you ask the question. Uh, who are our offspring? Those who keep God's commandments and give witness to Jesus. So, who is Lucifer? Who is the fallen one taking with him? He's taking with him all of those angels that fell at that moment of decision and any of the persons that fall to his traps the persons who follow his commandments and give witness to Jesus. What struck me about this when I read it was, that's everything I'm hoping continues here. That's the beautiful gift of being here, is I just like open my ears and open my eyeballs and I'm like, look at these people giving witness to Jesus! Right? I've been like so pumped. I love to put on Facebook. I love to talk. Everybody's like, oh, I just tell the latest story of the person that I met who's giving witness to Jesus. Right? You might not be saying his name, but your being gives witness to Jesus. You are radiating the life of the divine that it was in you. You can't not do it. You can't not. Everywhere you go, you're giving witness. Now, the more you're aware of this, the more you partake of his goodness, the closer you are to the flame and the fire of his love, the more that light impermeates you, the more the effect within you can affect this world. So it's a beautiful thing that we become aware of it. It's a beautiful thing we're given the opportunity to give witness to Jesus in explicit ways. right? But it starts just by the fact that you're happy. And you know that it's him who is moving within you. It starts by the fact that you can be in a tough spot and have patience and know that love is patient and you have received that love from God. Right? This is what we've been doing. All of a sudden, then why did this strike me? It's because I've been weeks and weeks and weeks being like, oh my gosh, these guys are like amazing. No, sir. This is who he's after. You are who he's after. What do we do? Number one, we can be aware. We could lessen our witness. We could recognize we're children of the woman who knows how to escape him. Stay close to her. Stay close to Mary, the woman clothed with the sun, the light of her son. And in that, it's like we're wrapped underneath her mantle. It's just wherever she goes, then we just escape. And we don't have to strategize how to escape him. 
We don't have to use our own human powers because human powers against his powers were done. But divine powers? Huh? And she has access to all of them. But what does she do? She does what God first did. She lowers herself. The way to escape him is to humble yourself. To take the lowest place. To be unseen. To be unknown. But not in a way in which we fail to put the light on the, or open, put the lamp on the top of the stool or so the world can see. Right? But that humility that allows us to say, you know what? Maybe God wants to put someone better than me. It's like, oh, great, look at that one. Right? All the ways in which we can be tempted toward thinking we're inadequate or thinking that someone's above us. See, this was the problem. When, when, when the Lucifer saw that God was going to have someone above him, he couldn't deal with it. And so for us, Mary helps us say, no, give glory to God for that one. The one who you think is gifted more and you wish you were, ah, oh, give, just praise God for that. Right? The one who uh, helps teach you, right? Uh, I'm even around here and, uh, uh, you know, Sam keeps talking all the time about all these things. And like, there's always a temptation inside me every time he opens his mouth to think, if you would have uh, kept studying instead of getting distracted the last five years of your priesthood, you might be able to answer some of these questions that Sam can. Right? That's what I think. So what can I do? I can be like, shut Sam down. Right? Instead I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I kind of I like listening to him too. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't need to have all the answers. Let's just listen to Sam. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, maybe Sam should teach RCIA. I don't know. <laughs> right? Now, that's just an example. But we all have those. And you all have your own gifts. And you all have your own ways where you contribute to something in your class or to a group of friends or to your family or to the Newman's or what, what we all have. And then we just say, wow, look at that. Right? God gives us gifts, but he also gives us others who are greater than us. And in those moments, we get to say, ah, I'm just going to take the lowest place right here. And the evil one doesn't know what to do with that. He's like totally perplexed by humility. He does, just like does not understand humility. And humility isn't saying I'm nothing. Humility is saying this is who I am in the eyes of God. And you know what cures all of the difficulties of our lives? Do you know what cures all of the jealousies that we have? What cures all of the inadequacies that we feel sometimes? It's living like Nathaniel in our gospel today. Right? What was it that he was so amazed by? It says that uh, Jesus was coming to him and he knew him already. And he said, before Philip called you, I saw you. Isn't that the moment of grace that most changes us? Is when we recognize that the Father sees us. He sees you. He sees you in your struggles. And he sees you in your gifts. He sees you when you're playing. And he sees you when you're praying. He knew you would sit right there. 
Our Lady is the one who gathers us in her mantle. I'm going to end with an image of Gandalf. It's like opening up that big old cloak and gathering underneath him. That's what happens to us this night when we gather in prayer. We gather under his cloak. And with him and with her, we escape all the trappings of the evil one. Might we hear tonight the beautiful call of God who knows us.